This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 739, Why You Don't Need a Toy Room, by Rose Lounsbury of roselounsbury.com. Hello, everybody. I am Greg Audino, welcoming you back to the show that's all about improving your relationships. And as you may know, we have four other shows at the moment in our network, so come by oldpodcast.com or search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you are hearing this to find all of our shows covering a wide range of topics. If you like my uh, shenanigans in particular, you might want to check out the other show I host, Optimal Living Advice, on which I personally answer questions about personal life struggles that our listeners email in. Needless to say, relationships come up a whole lot. Uh, Today's post on ORD, though, is a great one. It touches on the topic of home and spending time with your kids in a common space. This post is from a brand new author for our show, actually. I'll tell you more about Rose and her site right after the post. But first, let's get right into it and start optimizing your life. Why You Don't Need a Toy Room by Rose Lounsbury of roselounsbury.com About a year after I adopted minimalism, my friend Becky came to visit. It was 2013, and I'd worked steadily the previous 12 months to rid my house of excess clutter. Where are all your toys? she asked, a bit shocked. Becky hadn't seen my home since the kids were babies, at the height of kid clutter, when every visible surface was filled with baby swings, bouncy chairs, and the like. It feels so much bigger in here, she exclaimed. Funny, I'd kind of gotten used to it. I'd reached my first minimalist plateau and felt, for the first time since my kids were born, very comfortable in my house. My main living area was no longer a minefield of colored plastic ready to explode. I could finally sit in my living room without feeling cramped and anxious about the clutter. Let me give you a brief tour of my house. We live in a cute little story and a half, Cape Cod. When you walk in the front door, you step immediately into the main living area, a combo living-slash-dining room, which also serves as my home office. Past that is the kitchen. In a hallway off to your left are two bedrooms and a bathroom. We have a partially finished basement, and the upstairs half-story is a master suite that, at the time, housed our live-in nanny. Before you judge, let me tell you that when you need full-time childcare for three toddlers, a live-in nanny is much more affordable than daycare. It is now our master bedroom. The entire space is roughly 1,500 square feet. You may have noticed that I don't have a toy room, a space I use to consider a necessity of the modern family. I remember visiting friends' homes for playdates and being ushered into rooms filled with bin after bin of toys. I always left feeling cheated and returned to my cramped abode ever more frustrated at the kid clutter breeding in my living room. But since embracing minimalism, I've come to question the toy room trend. My house was built in the 1930s a time when most people didn't even consider building rooms for their kids' toys. Historians believe they may have called the toy housing facilities bedrooms. Further research is needed. Think about it. Having a toy room is roughly the equivalent of having a room to accommodate the hobbies of each individual family member, in which case, I should have both a reading room and an exercise room, and my husband should happily kick back in his video game room. Unless we strike it rich and simultaneously abandon our minimalist ideals, these types of rooms are mere fantasy. So why do many of us reserve rooms simply to house our children's toys? Hint, most of our kids have too many toys. 
A home is a place for a family, and shared living spaces should be just that, shared. My living room should accommodate my kids' developmental need to play as well as my need to relax with a magazine and a coffee. Partitioning my kids off into a separate room to play would not only not work, even at nine years old, they still prefer to hang out with their parents, and believe me, I'm milking that for as long as I can, but it also sends the message that their play is not a vital part of our family, that it is something to be done separately from the business of living and sharing together, which is untrue. Children's play should coexist within the hubbub of family life. Now, I'm not against rooms for recreation, but I'd urge families to make these rooms accommodate the rec needs of the entire family, including activities for adults and older kids, like exercise equipment or board games. I don't think anyone would find it shocking that families spend less time together these days. Perhaps our oversized, overdivided homes are partially to blame. Remember how I said that the first room of my house is the living-slash-dining room? This is the main living-slash-playing-slash-eating-slash-working area of the home, and it is one room. It used to be the disaster area. Now, it's my zen space. In case you're wondering, my kids do have more toys in their bedrooms, which include Legos, Nerf guns, and stuffed animals, and books, but this is the majority of toys they play with. In closing, toy clutter is manageable. I hope I've inspired you to minimize the toys in your home and incorporate them into the stream of family life. Because remember, your children want to be with you more than they want to be with their toys. You just listened to the post titled, Why You Don't Need a Toy Room, by Rose Lounsbury of roselounsbury.com. Now, everyone, establishing good communication with your friends, your family, and your partner is an essential part of any relationship. Likewise, establishing a healthy communication with yourself is essential for your mental health. And when you feel like you've hit a roadblock, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will get your needs assessed and help match you with your personal licensed professional therapist. They provide a safe and private environment for you to communicate with your therapist within 24 hours, plus giving you the flexibility of scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. Their financial aid makes it more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and you can schedule an appointment online at your own convenience. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. BetterHelp is not self-help. It is professional counseling where everything you share is confidential. Guys, I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com ORD. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash O-R-D. And thank you, Rose, for a great post. She's a new author for our podcasts, a simplicity coach, and a mom of triplets who is passionate about helping overwhelmed people create open spaces in their homes, their workspaces, and more importantly, their minds. Come by her site at roselounsbury.com for more minimalism inspiration like what she shared with us today about how minimalism in many fashions actually stands to strengthen the relationships we have with our family members. We're going to end it today, though, folks. I will see you tomorrow with another post about how to bring the family together, particularly how to communicate a sensitive topic with your kids. I'll see you there, where your optimal life awaits. <laughs>